0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Shine Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Starr. I own a full-time photography business, love to host this podcast and learn and grow with you all. And of course, I love to learn about finances just like the guest today, Penelope Jane Smith, who is a premier financial coach for women entrepreneurs, acclaimed international speaker and trainer with over 20 years of teaching and author. Through her signature program, Financial Freedom 101, she's helped thousands of entrepreneurs from all over the world create more ease, peace, and freedom around money. And so much more than that, even in our few chats, she's such a wonderful woman and advocate for helping women entrepreneurs who also love to geek out about finances. I know you'll love the chat that we had today going over how to start, money dates, unique challenges we have as women, and so much more. So let's dive in. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Penelope, and I'm finally so glad that we got to do this because we had to keep rescheduling. So welcome. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm totally excited to be here. Yay, it's finally happening. We get to geek out about money. This is like my favorite thing to
0: do. I know. Me too. I get way too excited and people just don't enjoy it quite as much and then I have to stop. So I'm glad we don't have to just stop and you get sick of it. (laughs) You're going to love it just as much. Uh, so I want to jump right in and hear about your story and really what led you to this path for not only financial freedom, but for yourself and then helping others as well.
1: Oh my God. Well, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a pretty dramatic money story. I started off in my twenties. I heard about passive income and I was like, why didn't anybody teach you about that? this? is amazing. <laughs> and I decided to go um, invest in real estate and I took $10,000 of my own money over the next 4 years i acquired over 35 properties totaling over 6 million in real estate oh my gosh. and i was on track to retire though i prefer to say financially free i was on track to be financially free mm. by the time i was 31 and then when the real estate market crashed in 2008 i just got completely wiped out like overnight i lost my perfect credit score you know i was defaulted on a bunch of my mortgages and from that moment i just scrambled and scrambled to make ends meet and eventually I was forced to declare bankruptcy and it got so bad that the electricity in my house got turned off. I couldn't afford to get it turned back on. I, you know, everything in the fridge went bad. It was so oh. gross. And then my own house actually went to foreclosure and so, from some weird masochistic urge, I don't know what made me do this, but I went to the auction on my own house at the foreclosure steps and the, the guy the you know, the real estate investor guys were all hanging around there and the person who was running the auction now said, so, okay, this one's in Benicia and the borrower is Penelope. And I'm like, dude, Penelope. I am losing my home. Say my name right. Yes. I just, like that moment was when it all hit. I'm like, it's Penelope, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, get it right. And not a and
0: difficult one.
1: Yeah, I like that. And then from that moment, I just started crying. I'm like, this is just a transaction to them. I'm losing mm. my home and it means nothing to this bank, to any of these people. And I just, I struggled and struggled to make everything work. And ultimately I was forced to declare bankruptcy. I felt like a total failure. I couldn't even talk about this without just bursting into tears for a long time. I mean, I've, I've done some healing work on it of since, course, yeah. obviously. Um, and then right around the time I was losing everything, I got invited to participate in this high level mastermind on Necker Island. Have you ever heard of that? I
0: have not heard of that. No. You know
1: who Richard Branson is? Yes. Okay. So it's Richard Branson's private Island in the Caribbean. Oh my and gosh. it was this $50,000 mastermind, six days there on the Island, no payment plans, no refunds. And I was just like, Oh my God, if there was ever a time for me to say, I can't afford it about something. It would have been That me. was it. I yes. Guess right? I just was like, there's just no way. I mean, I was, I went from being almost financially free to millions of dollars in debt, declaring bankruptcy, losing my home. I had like less than a thousand dollars to my name, maybe like a few hundred dollars in the bank account and no income, no credit since my credit had been trashed. And I was just like, dude, this is crazy. Uh, But I did have this really strong intuitive hit that I was supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Okay inner self. <laughs> if you say so, you know. And I was like, let me just ask my inner critic to go take a coffee break. And if I'm supposed to be there, then this'll work out. And I'm gonna sit down and come up with at least ten ways that I could make it happen, no matter how crazy they seemed. And I, I did. I was like, well, what could I sell for fifty thousand dollars? Or you know, could I sell fifty thousand things for a dollar? Or could I sell mm-hmm. ten things for five thousand dollars? You know, and I like played around with the math like that. I'm like could I sell the bonuses? Could I sell this other program? Could I, do I have any like lazy assets that I could sell? Could I sell my car? You know? <laughs> uh, could I get somebody to sponsor me in exchange for a percentage of my revenue? And at the end of the day, I looked at those lit the list and I decided to pursue the things that seemed the most likely and four of them together in combination worked. And in hmm. four days I had the 50,000 together and I paid it and I went to Necker Island and, um, it was amazing because that was really the beginning of turning everything around. In fact, it was such a transformational experience that I shaved my head on the island. I shaved my hair completely off wow. to represent just being reborn, mm-hmm. you know, into this new prosperous phase of my life. And I even did a video about it on my YouTube channel. So if you want to see what I look like, yes, well, you could go to Penelope Jane Smith on YouTube, and it's the top video. For, I mean, people are really into watching women shave their heads. I yeah. guess um it's got thousands and thousands of organic views so it's like the first one and it's uh, why i shaved my head on a billionaire's private island so you can see that oh my gosh um but the big thing i want to share is that i was the the facilitator announced publicly that he wanted to win a nobel prize for single-handedly turning the economy around Mm. and that really inspired me i was like gosh what could i do to single-handedly turn the economy around So I was sitting there on this billionaire's private island meditating on this question, sitting with this question, and I got a download. Can I share what I came up with? Yes. So what I noticed was that we each have our own personal economy that may or may not have anything to do with the overall economy at large. And my personal economy was tanking, right? I mean, (laughs) But there are other people on Necker Island and back home in the San Francisco Bay Area where I'm from. They were having their best year of business ever, mm-hmm. their personal economies were doing great, and I thought, you know what, there's something here. If I could support enough individual entrepreneurs, because we create all these jobs and opportunity and mm-hmm. amazingness, if I could support enough individual entrepreneurs to shift their own personal economy to one of abundance, then eventually we would hit a tipping point and that would shift the economy at large. And so i started making microloans right away to women business owners in africa asia south america because mm-hmm. i wanted to have a positive global impact right off the bat and then i started uh, leading workshops uh, for women entrepreneurs and helping them you know make more money and manage it more wisely which is something that i i was really good at helping people make money and mm-hmm. then i learned how to manage money wisely after losing everything and, uh, so that's, you know, what I'm so passionate about teaching that. So that's, that's where I went. It's like, how can I help shift the economy? That's what I started doing. But as a byproduct, my own business grew to triple where it was before the crash. You know, since then I built all my retirement accounts back up and even bigger than they were, I bought a new dream house that is even more fantastic. I got married, cashed out my dream wedding. I've traveled all over the world. Mm-hmm. I have two gorgeous boys extra long maternity leave with the first one and with this one who is three months old as we're recording this, um, Michael, I have a live in nanny because I'm like, (laughs) 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 that's what I, that's what I need. I need somebody to just live there with me and help take care of the kid, you know? And so that's why I'm so passionate about helping people, you know, put money systems in place and manage and invest their money wisely Mm -hmm. because I've lived through some people's worst nightmares financially, you Mm -hmm. know, and I want to help people, avoid some of the painful mistakes i've made and then also say hey you know what if you've faced financial challenges in your own life like i have let's pick you up you know dust you off and rise like a phoenix from the ashes yes. you know so that's why i'm so passionate about doing what i do
0: well first i'm glad i asked because yes i knew a little bit cuz i had stalked you and kind of done some research on who you are and everything about you but it definitely is way more intense and intimate hearing it from you so I'm so glad and I have to give you credit because for you to be in that position of when you felt maybe at one of your lowest to still then want to help others like that says a lot about your character too and that's huge to want to turn around right then and there um so just credit to you for that it there's just so many things I want to say about that I'm so excited about it um I've been talking a lot about finances with friends and family lately. As you know, we we talked about we wanted to nerd out a little bit about it. And really diving into investments and business ventures and like even credit scores. So maybe for those just trying to get a grasp on their money because I know so many who don't even know where to start. What are some maybe not so scary ways for people to just start? I feel like that's one of the hardest things about money. Uh, since many don't want to seemingly face that like giant sometimes and be aware in that case, uh, mm-hmm. how do you encourage women in that place and point them into starting to take care and manage their money and tell it where to go?
1: Yeah, I think that the number one money system that I teach that's like the keystone system to make everything else work. Mm-hmm. It's like in Lord of the Rings. It's the one ring to rule them all.
0: Okay. Love you even more. You referenced that. Good. Uh, Good.
1: Yeah. So one money system that makes everything else fall in place. And this is something that's going to help you be more attractive to money, magnetize more money. uh, It's fantastic. It's something I call the money date. The -hmm. money date. D-A-T-E. And this is where you think about having date night with a partner or spouse. You have this like sacred time to just focus on your relationship. So the money date is when you create sacred sacred space in your schedule to pay attention to your money
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know and it might be just 20 minutes once a month that would be the minimum that i would recommend uh but on your money date, just like on a real date you could be like how how have you been doing what have you been up to where have you been Mm -hmm. right you could do the same thing with your money like what have you been up to what did i what did i spend you on what came in like what what's what's going? what's new with you right Mm -hmm. um And I actually have a money date checklist. If you go to moneydatechecklist.com, you can download my money date checklist template of like what you actually do on your money dates. Mm -hmm. But the mindset is just, I'm going to connect with my money and just make this a little bit of time in my schedule to show that it's important to me and I'm paying attention to it. And I invite you to turn it into a lovely ritual. Like uh, I like to light a candle you know, it's like, if this is a date, let's set the mood, right? (laughs) So I like to light a candle to create that like sacred ritual space. Some people like to get a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Some people dance for a minute. Uh, But I've had clients just like burst into tears at the idea of looking at their money. It's just like so confronting. There's so much shame. There's like, oh my God, I'm afraid of what I see. I don't think I can even look at it. Mm. Um, And then if you can turn it into this lovely ritual and just look at it as I'm just going to connect with my money like I would with somebody I love, you know, Mm -hmm. because wouldn't it be nice to have a caring connected relationship with money, right? When you, when somebody's important to you, you spend time with them. And um, if you can take that minute or two at the beginning to make it a special ritual and do something you really enjoy, then it's something that you can go from being really scared of to something that you even look forward to. And I've had this happen with clients. Like they've been just furious, sad, like, all the big feelings. And then down the road, they're like, I love my money dates. yay!" You know? <laughs> um, so I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're listening to this, and you're like a money date, that sounds horrible. Like you can make it really fun and nice mm-hmm. and, and, and easy. And then in that money date, that's when you can start, you know, educating yourself about how to manage and invest money wisely as well. Like on that money date checklist template, one of the things that I have on my money date checklist is what I call continued education. So it's just like a little reminder for me to increase my financial education, watch a video, read a book, mm-hmm. sign up for a workshop. Like I encourage you to make an ongoing practice of increasing your financial education, just like a yoga practice. You know, it's just, it's not something that you do once and never do again. It's not something where you've arrived, you know, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I never need to do yoga again. Cause I've done the ultimate yoga. It's like, no, it's, it's just kind of part of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I encourage you to approach it. And money dates as well. It's just it's like an ongoing prosperity practice um, that serves you well for your whole life. So I think that that is where I would start.
0: I love that. And in fact, the education part is where I started. Um, after I got divorced, starting all over, ground zero with money, I just started reading about it. And that's actually what made me excited about money. And before that, it was budget and you should do this. And it just felt overwhelming. And, and like you said, I didn't really want to face that and see where I was spending money in a scary way because I knew I didn't have all those other investments. But as soon as I just started giving just a little bit of education to myself, it made it exciting. Um, and something else I've noticed lately is I've been doing random posts on different social media platforms asking about money and where they like to put money. And honestly, it's been 100% men who write to me about it. And the conversations that I have with women in person who, they very much back off. And it's usually either they don't want to allow themselves to say, I want to make money. They want to be okay with very little. Or they don't have any savings and don't, they're just uncomfortable. Which is totally understandable if they're not excited about that and having those dates. So with that question, what are some maybe unique challenges that you've seen women face surrounding money? Well,
1: there's so much societal weirdness, right? Like we're not allowed to talk about money. We're not allowed to make more than our partner. If we have a partner, I mean, there's like just a ton of weird stuff. Um, but the reason that I've really focused on supporting women entrepreneurs specifically is because 86% of financial advisors are men, most of them over 50 Mm -hmm. and like, Pretty much every industry, the financial planning industry and financial services have a baked in gender bias.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Did you know that like in the automotive industry, seatbelt testing based on the average person when they're testing the safety of seatbelts is actually based on the average man?
0: Really? So more men
1: get injured and die from seatbelts than men do.
0: Well, I believe that. I'm short and it cuts my neck and I I totally get that. Absolutely.
1: Isn't that infuriating? Mm Mm-hmm. And the same is true in the financial planning industry. So it doesn't take into account the fact that women in general have longer lifespans, statistically. We have differences in our career paths and financial goals. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is, statistically, women end up with less money at retirement, but it has to last us longer. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I go, wow, we are really not being served by this industry. So that's why women specifically, and then entrepreneurs, because our income goes up and down, how do you manage cash flow? How do you do how do you even do you mentioned budgeting, right? How do you even do that? Right. When you don't know what your income is gonna be, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you and that's something we talk about at my financial freedom one on one event is how to manage cash flow with an irregular income. And then also how do you balance investing back in your business mm-hmm. versus investing outside of your business, right? Like where do you where do you draw that line? So that's why women entrepreneurs specifically, and I think that um Another challenge we face from the financial planning industry, and this isn't just for women, but I think it hits women particularly hard, is the Wall Street big box financial advisors, they wanna make it seem like investing is super complicated. Right, yes. And they're like, oh no, sweetie, like you couldn't possibly do this on your own, let me handle it. It's like, excuse me, one of my clients went <laughs> to meet with her financial planner and she brought her husband with her. And every time she asked the financial advisor a question, he would turn to her husband to answer it. And she was like, Hey, like I'm right here. I'm talking like, what is happening? And she decided right then to fire him. And, you know, I have nothing against financial advisors, but I think that if you're going to have a financial advisor, and by the way, I'm not one, I don't sell financial products. Mm -hmm. I provide unbiased financial education and guidance. That's my job. That's my role. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want, like if I sold life insurance or if I sold investments, like I don't want, that. Um, I don't want that bias right in there. Right. So anyway, I got kind of gone off on a tangent there. But um, if you're going to work with a financial advisor, first of all, there's a difference between delegating, like getting somebody to help you, which is smart, and abdicating responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that too many people advocate responsibility. They're like, Oh, I just have a guy, you know, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to deal with it. I just want to pay somebody else to manage it, pay somebody else to handle it. And I'm like, would you say that about your kid? Would I look at my five-year-old Gabriel, I'd be like, I don't want to look at you. I don't want to deal with you. I'm just going to pay somebody else to handle you. Mm. Gross. You know, like if, if you're saying like, you're just not that important to me, how long is a person going to stick around? Like not that long. Right. So how can you expect money to stick around when you're saying I don't want to look at you? You're not important to me. So right. I want to, yes. we'll have to deal with you. Right. It's like I, I don't even like to say that. It's. Oh, I gotta shake that off. Um,
0: that's that's huge though because you're absolutely right. Like if we don't want to look at it, it's not going to stick around because we're not we're not taking hold of that responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. It's
1: and if you want to abdicate responsibility, then you just have to be prepared to lose all your money. And I know multiple people who have handed all their money over to the financial advisor that they liked and trusted Mm. who had their financial advisor steal everything.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And that's, that's not the norm. Okay. It's just like when you, but when you're advocating responsibility, that's what you're subjecting yourself to.
0: Right. Something I have found and and maybe, I don't know if you'll agree with this. I'm just starting to do other investments for myself um, after I've built some that I feel comfortable with. And as I'm starting, I've gone to some people that I trust, just their opinion to see what they think, and it's been interesting because I think women who invest, we tend to have different strengths and weaknesses, and I think a huge strength that women don't give themselves enough credit for is that we have patience in investing. Like How I want to invest is I invest my money and I don't have to look at it, where I think a man's strength tends to be more they're more likely to do big risks and they can move their money a lot and both have their ups and downs within that strength and i just don't think women get give themselves that enough credit that maybe they're not as big a risk follower but man do they have patience and they know where to put their money too and i just don't think women understand you don't need $20,000 to start investing or how to invest in fact i started with like very minimal you know it's just as little as i was willing to lose and but yeah, that's just huge, just that we don't understand what we're capable of,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think women are actually better investors than men mm. overall, because I think that again, in broad generalization right, yes, yeah, we seem to be better at following a system, like one of my colleagues did the most comprehensive research study on millionaires, and they looked at different professions and who was more likely to become a millionaire, and one of the professions was a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. We always think like doctors are gonna be amazing with money because they can make a lot of money and another they looked at was teacher which you know teachers we know are underpaid right mm-hmm. if you look like a, if you look at a doctor or a teacher who would you think is more likely to become a millionaire right you probably think the generally doctor, a doctor right? yeah mm-hmm. they have that incredible income that they can invest but what they actually saw in the research study was that teachers were one of the top five professions doctors didn't even make the top five mm-hmm. so even though doctors make ten times as much the teachers were better at putting a system in place and following right. following it consistently over time. And that's really where you can get your money working for you. And the thing is we focus so much on make money, make money, make mm-hmm. money. Like so many of our our trainings and our mastermind and what we're doing is like attract more clients and make more money and all that is great. But the truth is your money can work for you way harder than you can ever work for it. Yes. So if you can just put a system in place where you can have your money growing for you you know, without you having to really do much of anything, that money can go and grow for you and multiply for you, like 24/7. Doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to sleep. It could just be like growing and multiplying and having babies, and its babies are having babies. You just like get that <laughs> going for you. Like if you, at, if you started at 25 years old to just invest $50 a month, right? That's not a huge amount. Mm-hmm. If you just did that till you were 65, that would be 40 years, right? By the end of that, you would have invested $24,000. That you uh, from the from the make money world, you would have put twenty four thousand dollars into the grow money world mm-hmm. and said, "Okay, money grow for me over time." I think almost anybody could manage that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're if you're starting soon enough, and I work with plenty of people who are starting in their 50s, 60s, sixty seventies, and up. So I'm not saying you have to do this for right. years. Yeah, that's part of how my approach is different than the standard Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, dollar cost amount, dollar cost average your whole life. And you're like, but what if I didn't start in my twenties? <laughs> <laughs> But let's say you did, okay? You put 24000 in there. Let's just say that you could make 15% average on your money. We're not going to get into how you do that in this particular interview, but let's let's imagine you could. Well, by the time you're 65, you would have over $1.5 million, mm-hmm. like $1.57 something. And the majority of that is growth. You take away the $24,000 you put in, you still have over $1.5 million dollars. That was your money growing for you. So you put, you made 24,000, your money made 1.5. Like it's hard to earn that, right? And yes. the make money world yeah. and then pay taxes on it versus like letting your money grow for you. That is really, really powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe you won't, I'm not sure if you'll agree with this, but one of the things that I've seen myself when I'm talking to friends or close people around me, just about money is they think they have to wait until they receive some large number before they start investing, which is now they're waiting past their twenties and thirties and forties. And I think the best time, like you said, is to just do a small amount. You'll never notice it. You'll never miss it. Once you start the first, first or second month, um, that $50, let's say if you do that and it makes such a huge difference. Like you just provided that information over time and it's really telling your money where to go and not depending on that, extreme number of, I'll just build wealth somehow without having that money build for me. Um, So I I love how you you use that.
1: You absolutely do not need to wait until you have a big Mm -hmm. chunk of money. Like I do have some clients who they've gotten a a divorce settlement or an insurance settlement or an inheritance and they're like, oh my God, I need to not blow this.
0: (laughs) Well, that's smart. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hi, everyone how to invest this and manage this wisely and like i I work with lots of those people um but i also work with people who are just starting out and it's like hey start with whatever you can start with a dollar ten dollars twenty five dollars whatever it is in fact i went to a concert in san francisco with my husband a little while ago and this guy sat down next to me and looked at me and went you're a pj some people call me pj (laughs) i was like yes he's like oh my god i went to your workshop and you told me that the habit of managing your money is more important than the amount. And I started with, you know, ten dollars here, five dollars mm-hmm. there, and now I have over ten thousand dollars in my permanent wealth account. I've never had that much money in my life. Like totally amazing. And this this is not an isolated incident. This happens to me a lot. I have people come up and be like, "Oh my god, I went to your event, and now I have." But <laughs> the point is, like, the habit is more important. You want to build those muscles. so yes. if You can set up. I would highly recommend an auto transfer because anytime you can get the pressure off your willpower and set up a system and automate your smart money decisions, like the better you're going to be because willpower is very um, unreliable. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you could set it up so that let's say, you know, $25, $50, $100, whatever, $500, whatever it is, it's automatically sucked out of your account and put into your investment account. You could just start with a separate savings account. If you're like, Oh, I don't know how to set up an investment account. Like just start with a separate of course. savings account. Yes. Just yeah. get that money. Here's, here's the key distinction when you get transfer it from the make money world to the grow money world. hmm just that transfer is the most important piece, and that's the most important habit. So, you want to be building that transfer muscle and mm-hmm. then automate at least some of it because then you're it's like 81% more um, is the stat on like how much more people save when they automate it. Yes. Yeah. So, I think I
0: I'm get- the one I'm the percent that doesn't, only because owning my own business, I don't have that consistent employee money coming in so i just try to push as much but most people that doesn't work for
1: you <laughs> can um, also do a percentage right mm-hmm. so like i do i have a certain amount that just goes yeah and then i also have a percentage that mm-hmm. i manually transfer on my during my money date see this is why you need money dates um, <laughs> because then you're like then you actually have that space in your schedule where you'll do these things yes so i love I that put money on my money date to a separate account um And then I also have a note on my phone for when I like unexpectedly get money or save money, Mm -hmm. I'll make a note to transfer that. So let's say I think I'm going to have to pay $10 for parking and I don't, I'll make a note on my phone and say, you know, $10 and then on my money date, I'll transfer that money too. So that way that money actually does get saved. It gets transferred to the grow money world instead of just getting spent on something else.
0: Yes. I do love, okay. For another nerd talking to another financial nerd here, I find that is the more, you, um, invest in even that savings account, the more you want to, like it becomes a game for me at yeah. least where it was so exciting. I, and it was perfect the way you said it to start using that muscle because I just read a, some census that they did a couple years ago of how many people even just have a savings account or any money that's not in their checking. And I think 45% of whoever they, Pulled don't even have any savings, and so I love that you said just to start there. You just need that muscle being um, used, so then later you can do those investments, which I totally hundred yeah. percent agree with. You don't have to start by doing every investment; it's just using that muscle to start. So
1: exactly, and then and then of course you know you're earning like a little bit of interest on your savings, right? Plan. Yeah, and then the next step, of course, is to educate yourself about you know what what do you want your investment strategy to be. You know, we go deep into uh, investment strategy at my Financial Freedom 101 event. If that's something you want to check out, Mm -hmm. if you have a a financial advisor, you can like talk with them and really try to understand what strategy they're um, recommending for you and see if it makes sense to you. Uh, But once you understand your investment strategy, then investing can be like really simple and easy. And what I mean by strategy is just a proven plan based on actual data for protecting and growing your money over time. Mm -hmm. If that's something you want to do a deep dive on, you can check out financial freedom 101. I'll give you a link. It's giftfrompenelope.com. Perfect. Penelope.com And that will allow you to skip past the $497 tuition that's on my website mm-hmm. and come as my guest on scholarship. All we ask is for a $97 seat deposit, which you get back Perfect. after the event. So use that link. That's the way to
0: go. And I'll put those links in the description as well so they can find them. And I know I've taken a ton of your time. I just have two more questions for you. One is, and I'm sure you've been doing this too, a lot of like research and listening to what's going on around us today. And maybe in that time of recession or people are seeing some hardships, people tend to want to freeze and wait, thinking when is the perfect time to start. And I actually think it's the time to accelerate and create opportunities to get that head start. And so what are your thoughts on growth in business during this time or recession that we're seeing?
1: Well, I think that... um regardless of what you call it, you know, when the market is down, there are, uh, there are huge opportunities. And Mm -hmm. so in terms of leveraging that, it's like, yeah, how can you tap into the flow? How can you create opportunity, uh, where the money is always flowing? Mm -hmm. So be where the money is flowing and put yourself into that flow, right. With investing and with your business.
0: Yes, absolutely. And is there any other tips especially for women who are listening that you would love to guide them in or give them just a little bit of push to get things started? I
1: would say the the biggest thing I can share is that I ran into this quote on Facebook. You know, people post quotes or memes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, oh my God, that's what it's all about. And it said, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Mm -hmm. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. And I was like, Yes, 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 yes. That's amazing. <laughs> so schedule your money dates, set up your investment account, like whatever it is, like do something today mm. as a result of listening to this interview where your future self is going to look back and be like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. I love that. So I know you kind of touched on that online event that's coming up in the, this month, I believe. And then you said one later in the year. Will you quick talk about that and then how we can follow like and find your book and you and all the things.
1: Oh, sure. Um, So Financial Freedom 101 is designed to, it's a three-day online immersion event, so you can attend from anywhere in the world. And it's designed to, over the three days, put all your money systems together so you have the tools to become financially free forever. Financial freedom, meaning the income from your assets, more than covers your your bills and your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to depend on your business, a job, the government, a partner, an adult child, or anyone else for money. And for me, freedom is one of my highest values. So I'm like, freedom, let's do it. That's what I (laughs) want for everybody. So, you know, think about all the time that you've spent on your formal education, your professional education, your business education. If you can just spend three days, invest three days on your financial education, you will have the money systems that'll serve you well for the rest of your life. And that is what that event is about. So again, the link you want for that is giftfrompenelope.com. And uh, if you just want to connect, I'm most active on Facebook, Penelope Jane Smith, and YouTube, Penelope Jane Smith.
0: Wonderful. Perfect. And I'll like I said, I'll put those all in the link there. And I'm excited about that money check what money date checklist.com as well. I'm gonna go check yep. that out. I'm so excited. So thank you so much, Penelope, for your time and I'm so glad we finally got to connect and record together.
1: Yes, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. I just feel so full of motivation and excitement each time that we've chatted. And would definitely make her take those walks and chat about money if she lived closer. So I'm so thankful she was able to be on the show. And we are already planning a more in-depth chat for next time. So follow the podcast to keep up when Penelope will be on again. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, keep shining. Hold on one second, I wanna stop you right there. If you own a business or have a personal brand and do not use a client management software that you absolutely love, I want to tell you about HoneyBook. Now, I actually got started through HoneyBook and this software because of another podcaster and the referral program that they use. So I got a percent off for my first year and fell in love with it. And now I wanna tell you about it. HoneyBook does so much for my business, first of all, I don't know how to explain it, but more clients are tipping me, more clients are paying all their invoices on time, and it is a beautiful way to showcase all of your contracts, payments, proposals, and so much more in a creative and beautiful way. You can manage your projects, books, clients, send those invoices, and get paid all on HoneyBook, and they're always coming out with new features, which I absolutely adore. And right now with my referral link, I can get you 50% off the first year, which is incredible. And that is through share.honeybook.com slash Shauna star. Shauna is S-H-A-N-N-A-S-T-A-R. I'm also going to be putting it in the notes because I absolutely believe in them and want to share it with you. So you can get 50% off with that code, and it would mean so much. I would love to hear if you use HoneyBook already, love it, what you think. So head to the link or go straight to share.honeybook.com slash Shauna star. Thank you so much.